Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. It is Wednesday, August 3rd, and this is People Every Day. Hi, everyone. It's me, Janine Rubenstein. We've got a very full show today with some topics that are ripe for discussion, including should artists like Lizzo and Beyonce change lyrics if fans find them offensive? Plus, we've got some interesting Royals news to get to, so let's dive right into what's out there. First up, pop star Demi Lovato is back in the news. Lovato has been very open with fans over the last few years about everything from her near-fatal battle with addiction to their journey with understanding their own gender identity. Last year, Lovato announced that they identify as non-binary and said they would, quote, officially be changing my pronouns to they, them moving forward. And further added, I'm doing this for those out there that haven't been able to share who they truly are with their loved ones. Well, during Monday's episode of The Spout Podcast, the Cool for the Summer singer discussed their decision to start using she, her pronouns again, on top of using they, them. Lovato explained her reasoning by saying, for me, it's just about like feeling human at your core. Recently, I've been feeling more feminine, and so I've adopted she, her again. But I think what's important is, like, nobody's perfect. Everyone messes up pronouns at some point, especially when people are learning. It's just all about respect. That's so true. I know a lot of people can get a little apprehensive about offending someone who changes their pronouns. But like Lovato says, everyone messes up. That's okay. It's about being respectful. High fly ball into right field. She is gone! In a year that has been so improbable, the impossible has happened. That right there was the sound of Kirk Gibson hitting a walk-off home run for the Dodgers in Game 1 of the 1988 World Series. It's one of the most iconic moments in baseball history, punctuated by one of the most legendary broadcasters the world's ever seen, Vin Scully. Yesterday, news broke that the 94-year-old orator passed away. Scully got his start for the then Brooklyn Dodgers way back in 1950 and was behind the mic during Jackie Robinson's final years in baseball. Scully followed the team to Los Angeles in 1958, and in addition to calling games in sunny Southern California, Scully rose to national prominence. It was his voice that scored some of the most magical moments in sports, from calling a curse conjured up in real time. Little roller up along first, behind the bag, it gets through Buckner! to understanding the magnitude of Hank Aaron surpassing one of baseball's greatest mythical heroes. What a marvelous moment for baseball. What a marvelous moment for Atlanta and the state of Georgia. What a marvelous moment for the country and the world. A black man is getting a standing ovation in the Deep South for breaking a record of an all-time baseball idol. Ben Scully always rose to the occasion. Before retiring at the end of the 2016 season, he was the soundtrack to so many summers for millions of listeners, and he will be deeply missed. 
And now, Beyonce is the latest artist that's come under fire for releasing a song with lyrics some have called out as offensive. It's reignited the debate about artistic license and whether or not artists should change their work in response to fans. So let's get into it. As we all know, Beyonce Knowles-Carter dropped her seventh studio album, Renaissance, last Friday. It's been on blast in my house ever since. And the reactions have been pouring in. While some have been positive, the album has also received some backlash. As we mentioned on the show last week, Khalees was angry when Beyonce sampled her song Milkshake on her track Energy and did so without asking her. Beyonce has since taken out part of the song, but she also opted to make a few other edits since then. There's a lot to get into here. So joining me now is People Executive Editor, Jeremy Halliger. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, Janine. So let's talk about the latest Renaissance controversy. On Beyonce's song, Heated, she used an ableist lyric. And following some criticism, she's changing the lyric. On this song, she used a word that is described as being derogatory toward the disabled community. And to Beyonce's credit, she went ahead and changed the lyric. And it's interesting because just about a month and a half ago, the same thing happened with a song on Lizzo's new album. And Lizzo actually took the exact same approach, just quietly changing the lyric and moving on. Same word as well. Same word. I know Lizzo kind of gave a really long, good explanation as to why she chose to go back, pull the word out of the song. But what did Beyonce's team say? Well, it's sort of the same thing. She said the word is not used intentionally in a harmful way and it will be replaced. I think this is the case where a lot of people might not be aware that that because language evolves and they might not be aware that that word is no longer acceptable. But I think it's very important that once they are made aware of it, that they make the change. There are more artists who've had their lyrics put under a microscope, uh, such as Taylor Swift's Picture to Burn, uh, Black Eyed Peas's Let's Get It Started, and Kendrick Lamar's Auntie Diaries, which was very recent from his new album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. It's worth noting that Taylor and the Black Eyed Peas did change their lyrics and Kendrick did not. So what do you make of this with how you can put something out and everyone is going to have a say and then you'll have to kind of change your art? It's interesting because way back in the times of the Rolling Stones to perform their song, Let's Let's Spend the Night Together on the Ed Sullivan Show, they had to change the lyric to let's spend some time together. And over the years, some artists have refused to compromise. Others have. I think with the case of Kendrick Lamar, if you actually listen to the lyrics, his song is actually pro-trans. And I think that what people were responding to was the repetition of the F word. It's sort of like how in a movie about slavery that's directed by a white director, when you hear the N word, you're like, oh my God, does he have a right to use that word? But back in those days, that's how people spoke. And in Kendrick's song, he's even talking about how people use that that word back when we didn't know any better. 
I guess it depends on the song. It depends on the usage, right? Exactly. I think people need to pay attention to the context. I understand why that word is triggering for a lot of people, but I think it's important to listen to the context in which it's used because it's not always what your knee-jerk reaction leads you to think it is. So when you think about artists who actually make these changes to their songs following the backlash, do you think it's a learning experience for them and us as an audience? Or do you think the criticisms could be stifling their creativity a little bit going forward? I see it on a case-by-case basis. In the case of Lizzo and Beyonce, it's just one word. And I don't think that changing one word stifles their creativity. I think with Kendrick, it probably would because that word has such a greater context in the song that for him to remove it, the song wouldn't make any sense. But I do think it's a learning experience. I have to admit, I didn't realize the word that Lizzo and Beyonce used was even a word that's no longer acceptable until it became an issue in Lizzo's song, Girls. All right, so I have a curveball for you in this discussion. Another person who has entered the chat on this is Monica Lewinsky. In response to the Khalees saga on Monday, Lewinsky tweeted, while we're at it, partition, because she wants Beyonce to remove her name from partition. And this is that line that says, he, Monica Lewinsky, all on my gown. Don't need to explain that. So keep in mind, (laughs) this song is almost 10 years old. So is there a line to be drawn here? Monica actually made a very interesting point when she said that it shouldn't be he Monica Lewinsky on my gown. It should be he Bill Clinton on my gown. And she's really right. And I think in that sense, it probably wouldn't be a bad idea to change that, that lyric. But I do also think that if you're going to start analyzing lyrics from years ago, there are so many songs that wouldn't pass muster. Brown Sugar is one of my favorite Rolling Stone songs, but I kind of cringe every time I hear it because it's really offensive to Black women, you know? But do they go back and re-record it, rewrite it? Do they stop performing it? I don't know. I kind of think that you have to look at these songs sometimes as almost being a time capsule and being representative of a certain era and reminding us how far we've come. Oh my goodness, Jeremy, thank you. This is riveting. It's always great talking to you, Janine. I am sure you've all read and maybe seen by now that Ivana Trump, the late ex-wife of Donald Trump, was apparently laid to rest at one of his golf courses in New Jersey. After photos surfaced of Ivana's underwhelming gravesite, speculation began circulating as to why she is buried there at all. Reports have surfaced that the former president may have had her buried there to avoid paying certain taxes on the property. After the break, we sit down with an expert to discuss the ins and outs of this latest Trump saga. But first, we're checking in with Royals expert Simon Perry to discuss this week's cover story on Kate Middleton, her relationship with Queen Elizabeth, and her own road to the throne. Stick around. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. 
Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. This week's People cover story is titled The Making of a Queen. Kate Middleton graces the cover as we dive into her relationship with Queen Elizabeth and how, although she is modeling herself after the reigning royal, she is clearly modernizing the role. So here to discuss the latest on Kate the Great is People's chief foreign correspondent, Simon Perry. Simon, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Janine. Nice to nice to talk to you. Well, for those who aren't royal scholars, can you remind everyone just where in line Kate actually is for that title and why it's not a bad idea to start preparing now. She is married to Prince William, of course, who's second in line to the throne. So coming first is Prince Charles, who's his father, and Camilla will be queen, of course, then. But that's likely to be a shorter reign. So Kate and William will have a long future ahead as king and queen. So last we spoke, Simon was in the midst of the pomp and circumstance of the Queen's Jubilee. Uh, Queen Elizabeth, as we all know, was absent from multiple events, which gave the world an opportunity to see even more of Princess Kate in action as a mother, a wife, and a future queen. So it says in this week's cover story, she has stoicism in common with the Queen. So can you talk about that a little? Well, insiders around the royal family and biographers talk to us about how she shares that loyalty and dutiful nature that the Queen has. But also Kate's style is very much modelled on the Queen. It's that sort of conservative look while also being eye-catching and crucially impeccably sort of tailored in the way they're made. Got it. So now although she is taking notes from the Queen, even in the fashion department, there are ways she's modernizing this role, right? And making herself more relatable to the public and, and just kind of crafting her own legacy. So take me into how she's modernizing things. Obviously she was born outside the royal family, remember? She's a commoner. She came in into this from a family that did things what you might call normally. She's 56 years younger than the Queen as well. So she wants to bathe her children, be around them and look after them, cooks at home. That very much, the Queen would never do that. The Queen was 25 when she came to the throne and had to worry about the affairs of state. So Kate's been able to sort of mark out some new long-term things such as working with young people in the early years. And that's something she'll work on for decades to come, which uh, the Queen bluntly didn't have the opportunity to do. And then lastly, I just got to ask, like, how does she feel? Is she excited to have such a huge title one day? I don't know that she's excited. and She certainly would never admit to that excitement, hence the stoicism and the quiet, dutiful nature. But I think that she wants to support her husband, William, who will be king. And she wants to support him in any way she can. And that's how she sees her role. And the Queen sees, I think, as one biographer told us, that the couple very much mirror how her parents were. So going back, she sees that parallel there as this next couple in the future being like them. Simon, thank you so much for bringing us all the news from across the pond. I appreciate it. No problem. Lovely talking to you. It's been about two weeks since Ivana Trump took her last breath. 
but she is still continuing to make headlines. Her final resting place is said to be at ex-husband Donald Trump's golf course, Trump National Golf Club in Bedminster, New Jersey, which has raised many eyebrows as reports continue to surface, claiming former President Trump may be able to qualify for tax breaks because of it. And for those of you who haven't seen the pictures yet, if you're thinking of an extravagant tombstone and ornately decorated burial plot, think again. There's much to discuss. So to help me comb through this story is a woman who's made it her scholarly pursuit to follow the money matters of the rich and famous, Dartmouth professor of sociology and author of the book Capital Without Borders, Brooke Harrington. Hi, Brooke. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me on. Well, many people are are shocked to hear that Ivana Trump may have been buried at Trump National Golf Club. So what did you think when you saw the photos? The first thing I thought is that was an unusual way to be buried for a woman who lived her life in designer stilettos surrounded by opulence. I would have expected her to be buried with a lot of pomp and circumstance. And instead, the, the pictures that we've seen, if they're authentic, just show kind of a sad little mound of dirt a little white bouquet that looks like it, somebody bought it at a, a convenience store and a, a teeny little headstone. It's modest, to say the least. Seriously. Has her family spoken out about this decision, this particular place? I did read from in some fairly reputable outlets that the Trumps took the trouble in advance of having grounded Bedminster consecrated which I think Ivana Trump was a Catholic, and so that would have been important to her. To, to do it right, I'm sure it, it couldn't have been an impulsive decision. So it wasn't something that was done at a moment's notice. That makes the aesthetics of the burial even more surprising. So another head-scratcher, though, that's coming out of this story surrounding Donald Trump is whether or not he will get a tax write-off for having her buried on his golf course. What does a tax break look like in that scenario? So I'm an economic sociologist, and for the past 15 years, my specialty has been the world of the ultra-rich and how they shield their fortunes from taxes and other laws in order to preserve their wealth. I've written about the Trump family before and their history of, of what you might call aggressive tax avoidance, which is legal, just aggressive. So it will seem strange to people who aren't ultra-rich that anyone would even consider strategically burying a loved one, so to speak, in order to gain a tax break. But for Donald Trump and the kind of people he hangs out with, it's completely normal thinking. If you just look up the New Jersey tax law, it turns out that if you can get the state to allow you to designate some property that you own, as a cemetery company, then you can exempt that property from several kinds of taxes, including property tax and sales tax. And you can protect that property from being seized by creditors. So if former President Trump can take advantage of this, potentially he can enjoy several different types of tax breaks and bankruptcy protection. So this isn't the first time he has looked into this for this particular property, right? No, apparently he has been making proposals to the town of Bedminster for at least 15 years, trying to get varying sizes of property at Bedminster within the golf course property designated as a cemetery company. The Trump family has apparently succeeded already in designating 
one of their other New Jersey properties as a cemetery company. And we know that because portions of the Trump family trust document show that they've done this. This just conjures all of the years and years of discussion surrounding Trump's taxes. But in layman's, if you can kind of break down the the journey that he has been on of his alleged tax evasion and controversies over the years. Tax evasion is against the law. Tax avoidance, like lowering your tax bill, like by making charitable contributions, that's legal. You may remember a couple of years ago, there was a huge investigative reporting piece based on family documents that Mary Trump leaked to the New York Times that basically showed that tax avoidance, and in some cases evasion, is a multi-generational Trump family enterprise. It started with Trump's grandfather and was sort of raised to the level of art by Trump's father, Fred. And it amounts to most of the $400 million fortune that Donald Trump himself and his siblings ultimately inherited. The thing that surprised me the most is that if burying Ivana Trump at the Benminster Golf Course slash cemetery was indeed intended to take advantage of New Jersey's tax mitigation opportunities. It could not have been Donald Trump's sole decision to do that. The only way that could have happened is if either he was designated as the executor of Ivana Trump's estate, which seems somewhat unlikely given that they'd been divorced for 30 years, or if she expressly stipulated in her estate documents that she wanted to be buried at the Bedminster Golf Course, which it, it's possible, but it seems unlikely to me because of her opulent, elegant way of life. The thing that I think would almost certainly have had to have happened is that her three kids and maybe her 96-year-old mother would have had to sign off on this. Yeah. So there had to have been some negotiation to make this possible. And that's the story I would like to hear about myself. Wow. Well, Brooke, (laughs) so much to continue to dig into on this. But thank you so much for coming on and just explaining all of it so beautifully. (laughs) Thank you. And if you ever want to know about the details of the money and fortunes of the ultra wealthy that people covers, I'm your gal. All right, you guys, I think this last story is a fun one. Sir Elton John and ABBA have recently released a collaboration, kind of. There's a new piece of audio making the rounds on TikTok that features the introduction of ABBA's 1979 hit, Chikatita. And Elton John's 1974 hit, Benny and the Jets. So Elton John and ABBA's Benny Anderson did what all the cool kids do these days, and they made their own TikTok video. The clip features Anderson on the keyboard playing Chikatita's opening piano riff before cutting to John on the keys playing the beginning of Benny and the Jets. And honestly, it looks and sounds flawless. There's so much to love about this. Who doesn't love ABBA or Elton John? So, of course, a mashup would be a hit. And I also love talking to you all every day. Thanks again for listening to us. I'll be back tomorrow with a brand new episode of People Every Day. 